let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and after the full houses of the last couple of shows, it's um, it's just me and you tonight. Mate. Yes, that song, just the two of us, isn't it? I know it feels a bit empty in here, does, doesn't it? It does. Unusual. But yeah. Although the two the two shows we did recently with plenty of people added, the time the show took went down. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's something when just you and I get going. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. A Seems bit. to stretch out the time. So pre warning there. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. And I just want to. Um, just start off by saying that I, I know at the beginning of this season we said we were going fortnightly yep. and this is our third show in three weeks. Yep. Um, we didn't mention it last week but the show that we did uh, that last week with Beer Bods, the ones to watch, was an extra show that we put in that, that we had arranged to do with Beer Bods specifically to, to focus on, on, on that box. Yeah, so yeah, we battled the trains and the snow just to do that just, just to drink just, 12 beers between four of us yes and a great time was had yes I mean um, I, I sort of darted off to make sure I did get a train but you Matt and Justin helped clear up by having another beer didn't you we did yeah and I think there may have been train beers as well <laughs> I had a train beer possibly um, so uh, we've got a beer in front of us to, to start off tonight um, we have got uh, the Colonel uh, and this is the, one of their table beer variants. Yes, so like all the Colonel beers, they very rarely don't have a variant of it. So this one has got uh, Chinook and a Mosaic. And it comes in at 2.9%. 2.9%. Now, we were talking before we started recording. You're not sure you've had a Colonel table beer, Steve? I don't think I have. And the reason being, because of the low ABV. 2.9%. Yeah. So if you rocked up at the Colonel, uh, you know, at Bermondsey, because they only do the takeaways now on the Saturday yeah. anyway. And you were picking your case of 12 just to max out on the amount you're going to get. One of these wouldn't end up in there then? Um, not at the moment, but maybe after tonight. Well, we, uh, we shall see. Let's find out. Cheers. Cheers. It's really light. It's light. There's some little little floral notes for me. Still yeah. a nice, there's still a nice bitterness running through it as well. There's, a, there's, there's quite a big yeah. bitterness at the end of it. It's quite punchy. That, that I think the bit, I think the bit, the bitterness is handy because what the kernel, unlike some of the small beers that are coming out recently, they don't add stuff to it like oatmeal or wheat, do they, to give that fuller mouthfeel? No, I no, think it's, it's, I think therefore you need the bitterness as well to feel like you're getting that lasting amount of uh, mouthfeel still. Yeah. I, I've, I've been a big fan of these. I've, I've had quite a few variants. Because they, they, the ABV changes as well, doesn't it? I mean, yes. Yeah. I think it's been two seven, two nine, three one. I've, I mean, I've got to say, I probably, you know, was I given that blind? I, there's no way I'd call it a being such such a low ABV. Yeah, you, I don't think you'd pitch that at two point nine. You'd say it was one of the lighter kernel beers. Mm. If the, if you knew it was a kernel, you'd say it's one of the lighter ones. But you probably still wouldn't pitch it. You could probably guess it was a kernel, though. I think you could guess it was a kernel. Yeah, um, but that's a good thing. Well, you know, when you say sometimes you can guess a beer by other certain aspects it's often a bad thing when you're saying it but I think this is very much a good thing when we're saying it about the kernel I think it's really drinkable mm. and that's um, that's going to be very much on point as we get into tonight's show because um, we're not jumping into it just yet but all of the beers that we're featuring tonight are ranging from 2.9% which we've got here up to the the grand 
4.2% that we're going to finish with. It's the big blowout at the end. It, it is indeed. Um, but we'll come on to that and we'll come on to what are plenty of comments what people have had yeah. about this, this week. Definitely, there's been some really good comments about Yeah. A little bit later on. I reckon we move on. Let's, let's just jump straight into the news then. So, um, first up, the big news, the big festival announcement of the summer that everybody's been waiting for. Yeah, forget about the change from V to Rise or whatever it's called. Yeah. This is it. This this is it. Um, we are appearing at Peak Ender. Yep. So we've, we've been asked to, by Thornbridge to bring a live podcast experience to um, one of the uh, performance tents uh, at the Peak Ender Festival, which we're very excited about. Not one of the, the, the main stage. I well, well I'm, I'm, hoping, the main stage, I'm hoping for a headlining store yeah. on the main I mean, stage. I mean, we need to find out who our supporting acts are going to be, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can, I can probably give them a list of who I'd like that to be, <laughs> uh, along with the rider that, that, that I want for it. But that's, um, that, that's about as much as we know about that uh, at the moment, because we, we are literally just, um, we're, we're just... We know the dates. We know the dates, yeah. So it's uh, the 17th to the 19th of August. I don't believe tickets are on sale yet um, for it, but um, if you're going, if you was going to go, if, if you're a listener of the show, it would be great to have you along in oh, the audience for, for that it'll night. Be, it'll be some point the Saturday afternoon, so it'll be the Saturday the 18th of August, if you're around, or even just the, uh, the thought of asking us some questions and maybe seeing how we can cock it up live. Yeah. Feel free to Ask us to pronounce something. Yeah. Any, well, pretty, pretty much anything. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there'll be more news on that as we come up with a format of what we're going to do. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, next up, I've uh, got some news from Cask Owl Week. Um, Steve's favourite week of the year. Well, well, I'll throw this, this one in just for you, mate, to, to talk about. Um, so this is the 20th to the 30th of September. Um, they've launched the... Um, festival with a with a new look brand um so they've got a new logo for the week which incorporates the shape of a cask end and pump handle um i have to say i can't remember what the previous one nor could i and i thought if they hadn't told me i would have said it was the same one yeah so i thought it had a cask handle anyway well yeah that's me too but um so they've said because it's 10 years it's a good time to evaluate and celebrate the contribution of cask pubs to the industry and they wanted something that reflected that in the new logo um, and they are encouraging pubs, breweries, trade organisations, camera branches, organisers, festivals and groups of individuals um, are all, all invited to, to use the week to, to showcase um, how good cask beer can be served. So uh, more news about that I imagine as, as the year goes on as we get yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's always a good initiative um, you just need the right brewers pubs, breweries, all that kind of stuff to all come together and just highlight it, showcase it. I've got to say, it's probably unsurprisingly something I've never really got involved in. I, you don't, I don't think actually, personally, you know, I think we see a lot of uh, stuff come out in the media. When it actually, I, I tend to hear stuff about it quite far around and when you get to that period, it's like, seems, somehow it seems to bypass me. Yeah. There is an app though, um, which I think they'll be launching as well, that you can... Um, helps, uh, yeah, promotes. Uh, so, Cask Mark promotes Cask Owl Week through its Cask Finder app. Uh, over 30,000 beer and pub explorers will use the app uh, to join the world's biggest owl trail. Over the 10 days of Cask Owl Week, their use increases by 65%. 
So I suppose if, if people are that way inclined, there's a, there's a way to get involved. Yeah, I'd be interested to see if anything if they do push it a little bit more with the ten year anniversary as well. Yeah, you'd think, wouldn't you? You'd think there's going to be some fairly big celebrations. Yeah, of, you, what you that. need is the right people to get on board. Yeah, and say, so, or we're brewing this just for Carscale Week. That That's what you need. You need some specials. Yeah, yeah. Specials will get people interested in it because you, surely you want to try and appeal to the people who already aren't converted anyway. Or the people who go, oh, well, it's always going to be the same. Yeah. Or who say flat brown. Brown twig water. Yeah. <laughs> Proving that it can be a bit more than that. Yeah, maybe. exactly. Um, so next up, we've got um, a, a new release, which is the worlds of, of beer and cider colliding to create Graf, which is the UK's first fermented hybrid beer. So this is, um, it's been co-fermented um, of it's a co-fermented hybrid of beer and cider made by cider makers so it's it's made on um, a London in a London cidery yeah um, and it's a new addition to their core range uh, and they're looking to push their own understanding of cider moving it to exciting new places so they've used Brayburn and Bramley apples uh, fermented caramelised and malty beer wort and American Owl and Sauvignon Blanc yeasts added to create complexity in the liquid. So what do we think about that? Different. Very different, isn't it? It's I'd certainly, to, not, I'd certainly not something I'm going to be drinking. I'd love to see you try it, though. It's, it's really not the sort of thing I'm interested <laughs> in, I, 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 I've got to admit. Um, Depends. I mean, if, 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 someone, if I saw it and I tried it and I thought it was nice and it's worth it, if it's a bit of a gimmicky thing, not worth it. Um, when they say about pushing innovation and in, you know things like pushing innovation in cider, that kind of stuff, I still want my cider to taste like cider. Do you think this would taste like cider? It's got hops in it as well. It's got amarillo and castile hops in don't it. Don't really, well. really. I can't picture in my mind what it might taste like because that's a real mix of flavours there with the yeast as well. Do not think it will taste like um, a wild beer. That in my head, that's probably the closest I can get to it, is that it'll be something of that ilk. Yeah, something that's been like, had wild fermentation. Yeah. Just been left to get on with it. Yeah. But if anyone does try it, let us know. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear from anybody yeah. else that's tried that. Let us know whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. Um, before we get on to the, the rest of the news, let's talk some more about the beer. Um, it's easy to drink, isn't it? It's, it's very easy to drink. I mean, I'm almost done with, with, with mine. It's... Um, I mean, you are getting this incredible lightness to it that then follows through with a superb bitter finish. The bitter lasts as well. Um, It doesn't hit you and then drop off. It does leave it. Then there's that little bit of sort of dry residue feeling. Enough to go back again is what, what they're giving us. And again, I think you're right. I've stopped thinking about it being 2.9%. Hasn't crossed my mind since we said it at the start. It just is what it is. I could make a few of those. I think you could easily drink uh, a few of those. And I I think, as we said at the beginning, it's one of those kernel variants that changes in in terms of the hops that are going into it, the malt bill, the ABV. But I I don't think... I mean, you've drunk more of this than I have. When I've seen it, I don't think I've ever seen it much above 3.2, 3.4. Yeah, I think 3.2 is the highest I've seen it. And yeah. I've seen it down to maybe 2.8, 2.7. 
so it's 0.5 in the range, which isn't dissimilar to some of the other core, core, core-ish beers anyway. Um, I just, I think it's really good. I think the Kernel were one of my favourite low ABV beers with a table beer. One of the best ones I've found in the past. And definitely one of the earlier ones as well. Because the phrase table beer, I mean, marble of table beer now as well, don't they? They do, yeah. That's yeah. nice as well. I think I've had that on cask as well, which sort of adds that bit of body to it. A bit, bit more malty yeah. to it, yeah. It's got that bigger, slightly bigger mouthfeel. And I don't know, a nice hot summer's day when I had it. Yeah, I like it. I think it's a good start to our sessionable session. It is, it is indeed. Um, so, back into the news and, and two similar stories to, to, to finish with. So, um, first up, we mentioned last week that Northern Monk had launched some crowdfunding. Um, as we recalled tonight, they uh, their target was £500,000, which they smashed in about two days, I think it was. Smashed on the pre-funding, didn't they? Well, yeah, before it went live, they had raised half of that from yeah. like private investors and family and friends. So as we recall now, it's currently at just over £800,000. So they're well on target to meet their stretch. Yeah, and they've still got about 20-odd days to, to go to, to, to finish that. Um, so people have properly gone mad for, oh, yeah. for, for this. For I this mean, there was a lot of noise about this one. Yeah. There was a lot of noise about this one. Yeah, and this was, so um, in terms of, the, I mean, the detail that we didn't have when we recorded this last week was um, in, in terms of what you could invest. So on, on, the, on the crowd funder site, you can invest, um, I think it's in units of 10, 100, 500, and then, and then it starts going up to... Yeah, this is a slightly, we might come to it, but it's a slightly different type of pitch they're going for. They are selling equity in the company. Yes. Yeah. Rather than giving Trinks. away stuff. So ten pound gets you a key ring, twenty pound gets you a key ring and tote bag, yeah. thirty pound gets you a couple of bottles of beer and the above. Yeah. They're not doing that. No, no, this you've is got an to, you've you've got to invest because I looked at it and before you even start getting beer thrown in to the offer, you've had to invest a serious amount of money. I think you were into four figures by that point, weren't you? I think Start so. Yeah. But great to see that they're clearly on target to hit that stretch. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because as I said before, this means they, we get the brew pub in London. Which is what we want. Yeah, it's definitely what we want. Yeah. Don't, don't care about anyone else. This is what we want. Yes, it's what we want. <laughs> so make it, make it happen. Yeah, so um, carry on. Folks. Um, also crowdfunding, as, as well at the moment, are um, left-handed giant brewing. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see this one straight away. No, me either. Maybe because Northern Monk seemed to be ruling the. the I think the social it media. launched the same day, actually, or within twenty-four hours. It was of very Northern close. Monk. Yeah, um, so they were looking to raise four hundred fifty thousand um, to enable them to uh, create uh, a true home in the for their business in the centre of Bristol. They want to build a new brewery. Um, where there'll be a bar, restaurant, and event space, and then their existing brewery will become mixed fermentation-specific facility with a cool ship and extended barrel section as well, um, looking to develop sours with a true tie to their local identity. Now, as I say, their their target was four hundred and fifty, and again, as we recalled this, they are at almost six hundred thousand. So again, they've smashed yeah. their target. And again, in a very short space of time. Yeah, still about 20 days left on that as well. But again, 
very similar to the Northern Monk um, crowdfunding, going up in increments of 10, 100, 500, and then you're into to your four figures. But again, where did the, where did the beery options come in? Um, well, I was up to, I think, a thousand and it hadn't even Mentioned beer. spoken about beer. Yeah, but the, the pictures point. for both of those seem very similar to me. Um, in so much as it was, we'll give you the £10 option, but basically it was an investment. We're not... They want big investment, don't yeah. they, for, for these, rather than people that want to invest and get something back as a result? Yeah, which sort of leads us to our, our Paul's question of the week. Questions, questions, fill my head. Um, with the success of uh, Northern Monk and Left Hand Giant Brewing Co. crowdfunding investment schemes, which they most certainly appear to be. Um, what makes you willing to invest in breweries, or are you not interested in doing so? Steve. Okay, so, um, I suppose full disclosure, in terms of investments I've made, I don't mind, I don't mind sharing that. So, I am an EFP, in, invested into BrewDog in, in round four, and invested, actually, quite an amount into BrewDog in round four, I was specifically, for that investment, I wasn't looking to be part of the club and I don't identify as, as a punk or anything like that. What I wanted was, I wanted the discounts in their bars, mm-hmm. I wanted the discount online, and I wanted what I get in terms of, I get um, a day ahead of anybody else on new releases yeah. to, to, to buy. And the, 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 especially on the specials, like the AB abstracts and yeah. things like that as well, isn't it? Yeah. So, so that that was my reason for investing in Brewdog. And how, how long ago was was Brewdog your first? Brewdog was my first in, investment. That was and that was probably three years ago now. EFP. Four. Okay, so that's back to twenty. That's twenty fifteen was your first. Yeah. Beery investment. And what have you followed that up with? So since then, um, my next one was um, when we, as a group of us, invested into the White Hag. Yep. In, in Ireland, where they were looking to raise money for, they wanted to basically bring some barrels in, into the brewery to be able to do a barrel aging program. Yep. And basically, what they were looking for was money to buy the barrels. So I think there was there were six of us from Bottle Share, all put in a share of the cost of one of those barrels, and now we jointly own one of those barrels for three years. Yeah, it's a three year return isn't it yeah so a release of beers year one year two year three yeah. and we get beer for, for that yes so we, we've there's given, no one, there's nothing else we get other than that we get an invite to their birthday party every which year. is literally in the middle of ireland yeah which is tough to get to for us even when you even if you're in ireland looking at some of the choices of routes it's still tough to get there yeah but yeah so in terms of yeah you get the chance to go there but it's beer is what we invested in yeah, and I think for me it was that at the time it was something very, very unique. Hadn't seen anything like that. No, in I think we commented about that at the time. We want you to fund our barrel program. Yeah. So it's a bit like a few football stadiums. I think Sunderland did it, where you could buy a brick and have your name on the brick. Yeah. Quite a lot do that, don't they? Yeah, they? which is quite yeah. again a little bit something different. You are you you know you you are part of it then, aren't you? Yeah, um, I've then invested in. Beer Nouveau's heritage program. Snap. Because it was too good to let too it good pass by. And what? I think we sort of went in at whatever the maximum We was. went in at the maximum and then, I don't know about you, but I also did the extension offer as well, which gave you another 
beer on top of everything else. Yeah, I think I think I just maxed out on whatever he was offering. Yeah, and I think for that again, we get we get beer, we get an invite to launch parties of those beers, but for for me that was very much about being part of something very very unique. Yes, and and, and very and having met Steve a few times, the, the passion that that fella has. Yeah. I was in. I felt like I was investing in him more than anything else because yeah. I believe that he can do what he wants to set out. To I, do. I'd agree with that. You know, well, my first meeting with Steve was when we recorded. He very kindly let us record at his tap room uh, with beer nomicon, and the beers we had that day were recreation of recipes, weren't they? They were, yeah. You know, um, so you know, we I think we had a recreation of Dog Bolter. A variant of a, a like an old broadside type recipe, yeah, and cool. he, not broadside, yeah. And even then, I'm thinking these were really good beers, but he was so passionate about it, yeah. Um, so I, 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 to add my bit, I, I also did the same. I did invest, as I said, but it was fairly much a similar feeling to you. I'm investing, yeah. Don't get me wrong, the beery returns and the chance to go up there again to the tap room, all brilliant. But I truly believe that Steve will crack it. Uh, yeah, we, we're investing in those beers that are going to come out of that and I think I actually remember us we, we delayed the recording of the show that night so that we could make sure that we got in on that yeah. <laughs> as, 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 as well um, and then the last one that I invested in recently I think probably you, you did as well um, was the beer merchants direct because yeah why would why you wouldn't why wouldn't you give them a pound and get two pound back yeah. I can't get that return in many other places unless, no. unless I bet it all on black and black yeah. comes up so, so for me, in, in answer to, to, to Paul's question there, I, I kind of want something back from, from what I'm investing. And I've looked at both of the Northern Monk and the, the left-handed ones. And as we've said, that's very much about them raising equity and you're buying shares mm-hmm. into the company. But you're getting very little back for what... You're, unless you're, you're in, you've got to invest a lot of money to get something back yeah you're, it's, you're looking for a return on your investment on this yeah. one and the return isn't very rewards based on just how much you've given them and then whether they use that money wisely or not you need them to if you're investing in this one you do want them to use your money wisely yeah absolutely because otherwise you do not get anything and obviously you only get something if you then presumably well, I don't know how often they're going to pay out dividends or how early they might pay out dividends. It would only be then if you sell on, wouldn't it? Yeah. But you realise any sort of profit. And well, and I sold some of my Brewdog shares that, that, that I bought and I made back from, from the small amount of shares that I was allowed to sell, I actually made back half of what I invested. So, and, and I've still got all the benefits and perks that I invested in. So actually, so far for me, Brewdog's worked out pretty okay. Yeah, I mean, the the I mean, I haven't done Brewdog. Um, I did a local brewery, Wibblers, but that was based on the fact that there was a uh, money off at the tap room for the first year, which I did use, and invites to their opening party, which I didn't use because, um, and I pointed this out to them at the time they opened up on a Friday afternoon, which wasn't highly convenient. Yeah, exactly. Strange one. Exactly. Um, so uh, I have to admit, I, I, a few of the crowdfunding I have got invested in. I feel like I've been bitten. My enthusiasm, you know, and I'm no mug, and we're not talking big amounts, but even with the the white hag thing, we didn't quite get what we were sold for the year one. That's that's which true. made it yeah. a little bit more difficult for us logistically as a group. Um, but my feeling is that I, unless I've had a bit, 
you know, suddenly if I came into a big load of money, and I think someone did pitch a fifty thousand lump into to Northern Mark, yeah, and I had that spare cash, then yeah, I'd much rather invest it in something that I, something I love, something I have a vested interest in, you know, all those kind of things, because um, you know, when uh, Paul McCartney was asked to advise latterly in his career, the Beatles what should he put his money in? And the advice he got from Linda's father, who was part of the Eastman Kodak family, was invest in stuff you know and like. And that's when he started investing in other songs, song rights. That's when he bought Buddy Holly rights mm. and stuff like that. I'd buy stuff and beer. That's what I would do if I had the money. But if I'm only pitching up with 50 pounds or 100 pounds, I probably want beer back. Yeah. I like those little beer rewards. But I can understand if you want to grow properly, and those beer rewards are probably quite administratively burdensome to, to do if 100 people do a load of £10, another 100 do a load of £25, which is probably why I think Cave Direct one worked really well. Because although, yeah, they're giving us £2 worth of beer for every pound we've invested, it's simple. It's very simple. To yeah, administer, yeah. it's simple. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, in answer to, I think me and you are probably fairly well aligned on this one. It's the, it's the beery rewards and the chance maybe to turn up at the tap room and that kind of thing. And I think that's why, I think we talked about it before, but that's why a couple of years ago when Camden did sell up, that's why people were quite bitten by that one because people had invested in it, not for the return, which they got a very good return on their investment in terms of cash, but they wanted to be able to rock up to the tap room the day before the beer got released mm. and share it with them, have the releases, be part of a club. That's what I think. That's why people feel badly bitten on that one, weren't it? So yeah, good question, Paul. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that, Paul. As, as always, that came from Paul at UNRCD, who does always seem to have a, a question for us. Hence, why he seems to have his own segment. On, yeah, I don't know how, quite how that's happened. Paul on, has his own segment on the show. On, on the show. Now. And uh, you, while we were talking about that, you opened another beer, Steve. I, I did. So um, second beer of this evening. Again, staying on point. This is um, from Summer Wine Brewery, and this is Pico Diego. It's a little big parallel at three point five percent. We've gone crazy. We are absolutely blowing the roof off tonight, aren't we? Cheers. Cheers. That's fruitier than the first beer. It is. It's, it's a first. First thing, it's a bit darker. A bit darker, and if you're talking visually, um, slightly different on the carbonation, but I guess that's also canned rather yeah. versus bottle. And um, felt it felt feels bigger in the mouth. A lightly tropical nose on it. Yeah. As, as well. Yeah, like I said, big mouth feel. That's got um, a bigger mouth feel. Lots um, of citrus, and again a big bitter finish. Yeah, on, on, on that again. I would say it's probably a drier yes. finish than a bitter finish, and definitely drier than the kernel beer was. Um, but you know, the, um, Summer Wine Brewery are doing some. I really, I think they've really picked up again. I think they have absolutely since they've been putting out the Tall Boys. Yeah, it's kind of you kind of reacquainting yourself. But this is where a tall, this is where a Tall Boy works for me. When it's if you've got a three point six percent, what was it? Three 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 point five three and a half percent. The tall boy works really well. Put four of those in your bag in the summer, you'd be happy with yeah. you on, on on a train journey somewhere. Exactly, you know that's that's a that's a twenty minute train journey, no problem. Yeah, easily. That's really tasty. That one. I mean, it says on it says on the can, American West Coast inspired parallel. I I can't disagree with that. No, it, it, it ticks all of those boxes. Um, but to get that flavour profile and that bitter finish 
on on a three point five percent beer. It's but it's still really well balanced as well. They haven't gone too far in anything. And again, I would struggle to say this with three and a half on a blind tasting. Yeah, I'd, you'd, I'd, you'd have to be better than me tasting this stuff because I'm not, I'm not picking it out. I'd put this at five, maybe five and a half if, so, if someone gave that yeah, to me. Which I suppose then goes with their little big pale ale. Absolutely, and it fits quite nicely in, into the main segment of this week's show, mate. Opinions, 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 opinions. So we asked... Um, are there enough good session beers around, or is it, or is it just about the big ABV now? Um, so the options we gave were yes, plenty, no, we need more, and session, give me that ABV. So we had 421 votes, um, lots of comments, which we're going to get into, uh, but 46% of people said yes, there's plenty of beers around. Mm-hmm. 42% of people said no, and, and only 12% of people want to just drink big ABV beers all, all of the time. What, what do you think? Are, are we seeing enough of this sort of beer that we're drinking right now? I think, we're see, I think we're seeing a lot more of it now. I think people, brewers, and maybe retailers as well, both on and off trade, have seen that if people are willing to give up alcohol for, say, a month, whether that be October for Stoptober or January for Dry January, that kind of stuff, um, then perhaps there's also a market for people who don't want to do that but do want to have a bit of sensible head on. Um, I, I think in the last year we have started to see these kind of beers and I also think they were getting better. I said we need more because I think there's so much choice at your, say, 5% plus. I would love to see them... Ju- Brewers just carry on doing these sort of one, these sort of beers at this sort of st- sessionable strength. And joking aside from when we've said sessionable before, you know, for me, sessionable is going to be that four and a half and below, probably, where you can have an afternoon, maybe, if you were round of friends or, you know, just an afternoon in the pub watching the football or whatever it might be, but you're not going to then be rolling out there later on, or if you have to go somewhere else in the evening, you can still do it. So I would say that. Probably it's not necessarily no, we need more, but I would love to see more coming out. Is it? Do you think this is more of a, a, a demonstration of a brewer's skill and ability to be able to produce a beer that tastes this good? Oh, at this I think ABV? so. Because I mean, if you listen to any brewers talk and people who know more, more shit than we do, um, the things that you hear them talking about, two things they talk about is that one, to create a really good sessionable beer is one of the hardest things to do. Conversely, you can create a big ABV beer and you can probably hide a lot by the alcohol as well. So fault, I, I think you probably, it's probably quite hard to hide your faults in your beer when you bring the ABV down. Because hmm. I reckon you've got less margins to play with and you haven't got necessarily that big body to hold it up or maybe even that bit of an alcohol burn when you drink it. So I would say that if a brewer can make a truly sessionable beer or beers, then I would say they're probably pretty good at what they do. Well, I mean, what's your, what's your, what's your thinking, Steve? Um, I'm probably along the lines of, 
I think I'd like to see more of this. Actually, I, I think I think yes, we've probably got plenty out there, but you may still have to look for it, and you may still have to search it out a, a, a little bit. Um, I'd like to be in a position where maybe we're, we're seeing as many of these beers on the shelf as we are the seven, eight, nine percent yeah. double IPAs on 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 the shelves as as well. Um, because you know, I mean, we've done we've done two so far tonight. We've got another couple to do, but you know, it's from what we've tried so far, the the lack of ABV in them is is not making the beer any worse. No, definitely not. And you know, with the exception of one beer, we've 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 got these beers here tonight where we're recording at Licorice and Shenfield. So this is part of their. These are the beers were chosen, probably fairly regular in their selection these days. Yeah, table beers always here. Yeah. Yeah. And some wine breweries been here for a little while now. They've really picked up on those tall boy cans. Yeah. And then the the couple of beers we'll be having as well out of the next two are in their shelves. And we had a beer before we started it when we were, you know, just off air and we've got it from here as well. So you're starting to see them in the in the retail sector. You are, I think I think both of us were quite keen and it's a shame we've, we've obviously just missed the cycle that we, we wanted to probably put one of the, the, the Cloudwater small beers on yeah. which, which we've both had before off air we, we had a, a recent bottle share as really well enjoyed. and we would have loved to have featured one of yeah. those as part of it and that's where I think the fact that we and we've both discussed it before at separate times that, that big hazy almost murky thick mouthfeel but they create on their big beers when they do it on this one on their small beers works perfectly works really really well because you've got that then that body you've got that mouthfeel without detracting from the fact and they come in at what about two seven two eight so again it's i never thought cloud water would do that with all no. the other beers they've done and the way that they've gone for them to then suddenly say okay here you go Here's some here's some sub three percent beers. What do you think of these? And going, yeah, these are right. But so tasty as, yeah. as well, and certainly not lacking in in any. No, yeah, in, in the two, three, four key things that I look for in a beer, I thought the Cloudwater sort of ticks all ticks all the boxes. Just coin a phrase. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for, for you know, need more. I'd say we're really getting there at the moment. Love to see that people carry on doing that. I think there's. As we get into the comments and stuff, we'll probably have some more things to say anyway, but relating to the comments, but, you know, which we had some really, really good feedback. And what I have noticed is that we are now getting a few of our listeners that are using the extra characters on Twitter to really expand on the point they want to make as yeah, well. Absolutely. I think that's really helping with some of the feedback we're getting for this. You know, 421 votes plus all the comments. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's dive into to, to some of those, shall we? So, um, first up from um, Jamie at Merchant of Shite. It's an art getting loads of flavour out of a relatively low ABV. A bit of a challenge for a decent brewery. Maybe it's too easy to mask an unbalanced beer by ramping up one particular characteristic, and strength always aids that. Oh, I mean, that's okay. what we've, we've just said that, yeah. haven't we? Okay. For, for all intents and, and purposes. Uh, Bruce Ritchie at Ritchie2706 I just find ABV are in general more flavoursome discuss um, I don't think though if I find them more flavoursome I think sometimes I find a bigger beer more satisfying but okay. it also depends when I want when I'm having the bigger beer 
you know, if, if it is a, an afternoon or early evening in the pub, then if I can find the right beer, I'm happy to just stick with it and I'm not chasing the next one. I don't necessarily need that to be big. But I probably find them, you know, there are obviously exceptions to every rule we talk about. I find them more satisfying at times, but it probably doesn't, that probably doesn't mean I can have two or three of them. You've got to draw a line, haven't you? Yeah. You can't. I mean, we, we joke sometimes about, oh, what, 7.4 session of yeah. order. It's not. It, it's not. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, I've, I've tried yes, to spend tried. a night on, on and, just doing cannonball. You know, and, and we I've know what up, happens. Yeah, I've ended up a complete mess. Yeah, and the same when we had Jack Hamilton and we named Brewdog. Yeah. Um, just because you can drink it like a session beer, and again, that, you know, hats off to the brewers who make beers, which are a bit, you know, the opposite of Jamie, who make... Beer, what Jamie just said there, the, who make the big ABV beers, but you don't get the alcohol just masking everything. Again, it's all really well balanced. Jack Hammer Cannonball, to name two. And yeah, you and I have tried sessioning both of those, but strength-wise, it's not sessionable. So, sooner or later, that's going to catch up with you. Your yeah. body isn't going to be able to sustain... No, it's, something's going to go that, wrong that, at yeah, some point. That, that, um, that level of drinking. So yeah, I, 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 I find that an interesting comment that they're generally more flavoursome like I said, I, I find a lot of them more satisfying, but not necessarily flavoursome. Okay. Um, next one from Steve Russian, at Steve Russian. Uh, lots of good session beers, but usually too easily tempted to something newer, bigger, or more interesting. But I don't see why a bigger beer is more interesting. That, that bit, I, I, I remember seeing that, and that was the thing which I, I, I sort of get, you know, we're all easily tempted by something new or the next pump clip or the next tap. We've all done that. Um, but I'm not sure I see, I see that big air equals interesting all the time. I think that lends itself a little bit to, to, to what some other people were saying uh, about maybe missing out on the big release or the, 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 the FOMO beers aren't necessarily sitting in this ABV category, are they? Because... We that generally, and I think a few you can read these comments out shortly, but yeah, you don't get the the big splash on Twitter or the very artistic shot on Instagram of your two point nine percent kernel table beer. That doesn't exist, as far as I'm aware. Um, you know that people tend not to do that. Um, so maybe. That's that's us. That's down to that down to all of us in this in this beer world. We all say, oh yeah, we you know we, we enjoy them, we drink them, but we only shout about the FOMO ones. Yeah, and I think I think that's summed up by Matt Chinnery at Half Pint Gen. Who, who, who's, who's, on, who's he? I don't know. He was on making noise with us last week. Um, the great quality session beers are there and in good numbers, but the hype, social media focus, and FOMO are all about the big ABB specials. Yeah, uh, and I'd say we're probably all a bit guilty of that. I mean, I mean, I suppose I tend to, I do messy, I do put my cast beer comments on on social media, and most of them probably do come into that session strength arena, don't they? Yeah. Um, and that's where you know, you know, Rach at Look at Brew at Look at Brew. There's loads of decent session beers available. For what it's worth, I think people tend to overlook some excellent trad beers that are perfect for a session and are the heart and soul of British beer. I only ever see the same trendy beers get hyped up though and they're usually high ABV beers. 
And I, I would agree with Rach, and I, I think that goes back to what I was saying there, is that, you know, I, and this is probably where I'm a slightly old Steve, you know, when I rock up in a, in a pub, I, I will look to see what they've got on cast first of all. Because A, I know that the cast will probably be a bit lower on the ABV than if I was going to hit a tap straight away. And I find it quite difficult to go from keg back to cask as well. I find it's a more natural progression to go cask to keg for mm. me. Um, whether there's any logic in that, I don't know. But, and I, I would say, Rachel, right, I think, in a, if you're talking about in a pub, and I think we saw, we've got a lot of comments that sort of split it out between being out, drinking, and actually what you can buy to take home as well. I'd say in a pub, really the only decent session strength beers a lot of the time for me if we're talking sub 5% will often be the cask offering because the tap offering will often be the bigger the the big the bigger the beasts the big yeah. beers a lot of the time whereas the cask will be that maybe a sub 4 4 to 5 is where you get your your big range of cask beers isn't it and I I, 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 will, I will go for those so yeah and not that many people do I mean I I had a beer from Mark Watson who you know friend of ours from the Essex Bottle Share um, on Saturday the Victorian and um, I then had a second one it was 5.1% dark beer really tasty probably just a few points over the what you class as sessionable but you know when I then if you look at my check-ins two beers later I then had the Wylam ham fisted double IPA which was 9.5% that's definitely not sessionable no I dropped down a half for that. <laughs> a pint of cask, half of the draft. But yeah, I, I, you know, I think traditional session beers are, are, are perfect in that sort of bracket. And I think a lot of people, um, I mean, there was a lot of love for, for what Rach said in, in, in her particular tweet there. And a, a lot of people then made similar comments. And, and just, just two of those I want to pick up. So the first one from um, Nate Southwood at NateDog27. Um, of course there are just look at the hand pumps in any decent cask pub so also in that sort of vein um, from John Tilson at Witchwood Brewer 2 I'm a traditionalist at heart the UK has oodles of great low ABV best bitters it's what we've always been good at yeah it's just that you you know it's the good best bitters you want isn't it yeah Green King IPA comes in at 3.6% we're drinking Little Big Pale Ale from Summer Wine Brewer at 3.5% having had a pint of Green King IPA very recently as part of an experiment, I know what one I'd want to session. This, I would session this, sessioning Green King IPA is a whole different <laughs> ball game. I'd, I'd be happy to session this. I mean, we're both... We're, well, we're, we're both finished now. We're both, we're both finished. Um, what were your final thoughts on that one? I thought it was... You know, like I said, big fan of the kennel table beer. And the reason, you know, this is 0.6 of a difference, so that we have stepped up. I thought that the, uh, the the body of this one was really good. It just felt like a full beer. It didn't feel like oodles of flavour, some nice dry bitterness at the end. You know, the, the floral notes were nice and light. They weren't in your face. Just, just incredibly drinkable. Uh, I mean, you, you know, I'm, I, I'm a little surprised at how much flavour and that you are getting out of these pleasantly surprised uh, very pleasantly surprised yeah. Yeah. like I said it is certainly an eye opener for me yeah and, and you know and I think again we probably have a slightly I, I'm probably more likely to have 
something like I haven't at the moment but my fridge is a bit low on everything at the moment but um, I'm probably more likely to have the, to reach out for these anyway aren't I absolutely yeah than you um, but I, I would have to say if I if I, if I didn't have to choose if I was just choosing sub 4% on the first two beers so far I would take the Pico Diego over the Colonel Table Beer I would and absolutely. I'm a big fan of the Colonel Table Beer yeah um, so next up, um, we're making the massive jump up Go to 3.6%, <gasps> a whole 0.1 of a percent up. This is from Gypsy Hill, and it's simply called Simcoe Pal Out. What's uh, it then? <laughs> it's part of a hop exposition series. Built around the hops, the grist is simple, with Simcoe the protagonist in the boil and cold side. So, single hopped. Low ABV. Low ABV I'm struggling my words. Even. See, low ABV beers aren't helping you, are they? They're, they're not. Oh no. Well, that's got some nose on it. That has. I'm trying to. It's got like I don't know. It's like slightly woodiness on the nose, almost. But I'm... wow, that's um, that's really soft. It's very soft. It's it's a different smooth as well. Yeah. It's got a smoother mouthfeel than the Pico Diego, and it's taking me back more to the Colonel Table Beer. But it's got a real, um, what, you know, what it reminds me of a mouthfeel the Half Acre beers had recently. Yes, absolutely. That the yeah. mouthfeel of that, yeah, is just the same to me as the tuna, because I thought it was particularly smooth. That one, that's what that's, and you know, I think that's a pretty big. Com- that's a pretty big compliment. Bear in mind the half acre tuna was over five percent as well. Yeah, that's got a really, really smooth mouthfeel. That's really tasty. Yeah, and bags of flavour that they are letting the hop shine. Yeah, really tasty. So low ABV and single hop. Usually, with maybe the exception of say something like Oakum Citra, ubiquitous. Yeah. Usually, a single hop series, you're going to be going higher up the ABV, aren't you? Absolutely. I mean, this actually saying that this they've also used Magnum as, as a bittering hop, so Simcoe's in there as the the aroma hop. Okay, so the the bulk of our aroma and flavours is coming from the Simcoe. Yeah. But our tail end is coming more from the Magnum. Yeah, but there's. I mean, it's very low on the bitterness. Yeah, it's not as bitter as um, either the first two beers. No, it's, it's much softer. But it's still very clear. There's a lot of clarity in this yeah. beer. It's not a, you know, it hasn't got that murkiness to it. That's really good. Like I said, the smoothness is quite astonishing, actually. Yeah, and I think we did we did have someone say that um, I can't I can't remember who it was now that, that, that said that they didn't feel as though low ABV beers really had the body to, to them. But I, I I think what what we're what we're experiencing here is beers that are just incredibly well balanced for for what mm. they are. And I think you, you can get some beers which are don't have the body um, but I've had beers which are over 5% which I think are unbalanced and a bit thin as well and then you go hmm whereas You're disappointed yeah, yeah. Um, my feeling on these ones so far is well, I haven't felt like the mouthfeel and the body of the beer has left me thinking oh yeah it's a bit watery isn't it oh that's that's the one thing I've not thought about any of these yeah. is, is, is that oh it's a bit thin it's and we're three beers in yeah absolutely 
let's um, let's dive back in for, for some more comments because there are plenty uh, this week. So uh, Roland Glue at Has Been New Boy. There's lots of good lower ABV, especially in the pan and hoppy section and sours, but they can be um, forgotten as they're usually the start of the night beers, not end of the night beers. Well, let's see, we did we sort of t- touched on that, um, and we, we have done our best to find something, but we were struggling to find a dark beer outside of your traditional beers and we're not recording in a pub so we haven't got access to cask yeah um, there isn't there, the, we couldn't see if we're talk purely based on the, on the place we're in that many like for you and I'd be a stout or a porter we're looking at to be being the, like the last beer if, if we're replicating a session end of evening beer stout porter you and I are probably looking at 8% plus normally yeah because you, you kind of if, if you're out on a beery session you, you're gradually working your way up to the, the big end of evening yeah. beer aren't you um, but we were really struggling to find something that ticked the stout porter box weren't we yeah so you know we found something then, so we'll reveal that in a, you know, in a little while but Roland's point is well made actually it's, it's very well made very well made indeed um, so the beer nut at the beer nut said fairly sure there are but not enough people talk about them had vocations bread and butter today. Never seen it mentioned in the UK beer discourse, but wowee, it's fantastic. But that sort of echoes a few points, like from Rachel, from from Matt. You know, we don't people don't talk, seem to talk about it. Whereas I think you know, even with Cladwell, didn't really see that much noise about their small beer, and I thought it's some of the best things they put out for ages. Yeah. I, I agree actually and again Paul at UNRCD did, did mention that as well um, I would always want more sub 5% beers to session on and there are lots of good ones out there I love Cloudwater's small beer range and Northern Monk's Patrons Project Stride in Edge which was sensational for a 3% beer I never got to try that one but I, I got I to try it and it and was incredibly drinkable and I, th- I think it was, I think Striding, it was actually, I think they called it a light IPA uh, at 3%. It was just, you, you could have drank that all day long. Cool, well at 3% you can. Yeah. Um, the Owl Lady at the Owl Lady says, there are plenty of all day beers in core ranges and the big guns are often specials. Would be nice to see more interesting limited edition quaffers. Also, the strong ones are driving up the ABV considered session. Sub 4% used to be strong, but now it's a warm-up tipple. Yeah, right. I mean, I always used to, when I was uh, first started getting out, I'm drinking macro lagers, so they're in the 4 to 5% range. You know, if you then order a Cronenberg or a Stella, everyone takes a, a bit of a sharp intake of breath. It's like, why are you having that? You know, um, whereas now, your first beer might be 6 and you go well I'm buying it because of the flavour yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay then yeah fantastic job done um, so we then had a few people talk about some some other things which I, I think was quite interesting as well so Mark McGasman at Mark McGasman said I think with minimum price per unit now in play watch the small beer revolution begin very interesting point actually I read that one I thought do you know what? I hadn't given that slightest bit of consideration. Uh, the, I mean, the minimum unit price is only is that you've got that legally required now in Scotland, haven't you? Yes. But you know, whether it comes down to us or not, I don't know. But 
I think it's a really good point because if you then have to do a minimum price plus everything that gets added on through the chain and the point of dispense, then they could get more expensive, those big beers. And we already had the Fiorori last year of the you know, £13 pint. Um, yeah, I think that that would be interesting if that has an impact because when they lowered to the... Was it like to make the people's beer? Wasn't that 2.7% on the yeah. tax or something? And everyone said, no, watch to see what will happen. Not much did, though. But I noticed. There was, there was a raft of big regional summary, summary yeah. release beers at 2.7%. Yeah. Um, which I fairly much sort of bypassed me anyway. So. Yeah. But the, um, I think the, the unit is going to affect, could affect everyone. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very good point. It's actually quite a serious point. I didn't know that's yeah. what our polls did. Well, sometimes they do. In, in a similar vein, in, in, in terms of things impacting on the, the increase in sessionable beers, we've got um, Joe Hill at Multiplex Rant said, definitely an emerging trend towards session strength beers, though I'd expect it to pick up pace as the World Cup and Summer approach. There's something about strong beers and wind at the time that just fits. So, obviously, yes, this is a World Cup year. That means there's going to be a lot of football in the te- on, on the telly, which means possibly a lot of time spent in the in, in the pub. If you're avoiding macro products, you're going to want something that, that you can that you can session on. True, but as I've, as I've complained about before. A lot of the pubs that show football don't give you much choice apart from macro anyway, so that really doesn't become a problem. I end up on Guinness. Um, but if I ended up in somewhere which did have sport on and had decent beer, then yes, I, especially if you're in a group, it's nice to find a session strength beer that you can go back to. So you're not giving your friends the wild and wacky name that they think you're just winding them up about. <laughs> as my friend did when she got to the pub before me and Michelle and I'd given her saying can you ask for Punk IPA and Dead Pony Club and she just showed the phone to the barman (laughs) she thought I was winding her up so I think you know it's quite handy to find a session strength beer for two reasons one longevity and two easy to just stay on it then Um, so yeah good point I'm just surprised you knew it was a World Cup year someone else told you no, only because it. Well, Joe told me in that tweet that <laughs> only only because it falls in the same. It will always falls in the same year as the Winter Olympics, because they're on the same four year cycle. Oh, okay, that's how you know. That's that's how mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, being a being a fan of the, the Winter, Winter Games. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, a slightly different one from from Miles Lambert at Miles Lambert. Uh, a festival showcase for lower ABVs will be brilliant for this market. Magic Rock are obviously got their Sesh Fest this summer which will see a lot of ingenuity deployed to lower ABV beers, which will really take things forward. I would have loved to have gone to that. It's sold out in minutes, yeah. isn't it? Even without it being sold out, I think you mentioned to me, and I think I already had something on that weekend, um, but I, that would really have appealed to me, especially being backed by someone like Magic Rock. Absolutely, yeah. You know, so it's not just any old festival, or it's not just some sort of bland umbrella, it's Magic Rock. And they've got quite a few beers in their range that come in fairly yeah. low ABV as well. Yeah, I mentioned we had a pre-recording beer and that was the Dancing Bear, the Lager, what's that, 4.3? Yeah. Brilliant beer, lovely Lager, quite happy session edge, especially some, during the summer. I'm going to be drinking a lot of that this year. I've already said it on, on I think, Untapped and Twitter a couple of times, but that, I'm going to be smashing that all summer long because it just ticks so many boxes. Yeah. I mean, we fairly much finished it before we'd really noticed it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm 
I think that I'd be love to hear what people say about that Sesh Fest. Yeah, it'll be great to see feedback on, yeah. on it as well. And I think again, it, it shows that the market is ready for something like that because the, the demand for it tickets tickets sold out almost immediately. Yeah, which is you know, and you could argue that most camera beer festivals are a sesh fest because most of them are that sessionable ABVs, aren't they? The bulk of beers at camera beer festivals come into their what when we're sort of terming tonight the session. But we know that for a lot of people, those beers just aren't going to tip the boxes. Not the ABV, just the flavour. It's, it's the flavour, it's the presentation, it's... The conditioning, perhaps, yeah. at, the, at the event. Loads of things, but you could argue that most Camry Beer Festivals, if you wanted to call them anything, they are a session fest. They're a session festival. That, that they are... <laughs> they are, and I can't, I can't argue with, with with you that they're not. But like I said, I just think you know because unfortunately most most camera beer festivals, but certainly the the bigger, more popular ones where those sort of sessionable beers are going to be held in the summer, the summer doesn't necessarily lend itself to keeping those beers in the condition that. Oh no, they have to work. Them. They have to work hard, especially the outdoor ones at the height of summer. Um, but that's why I'm, you know the uh, you know a month a month from when we're recording, Affinity are having their cask festival so that will be an interesting one as well because like I said if they you know if they bring the the brewers they've got lined up bring their cask A game you could end up some really good session type cask beers which are hopefully served at their optimum as well so that'd be quite interesting to see and, and you're going to that, that my plan is to go to unless um, you know Greater Anglia come up with a new plan for me but at the moment Touchwood, um, I have actually got trains which go all the way from point A to point B. Wow. I know. It's on a, a weekend? On a weekend. I think it's purely because it's in, in the middle of Easter. Yeah. I think that's the only reason. I think it's because maybe the engineers are actually, the engineering teams are actually off. Um, so I think that, I, I would love it if we get, if I rock up there and we find that there are some really good quality session strength Cast beers, that'd be really good. I look forward to your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's dive in. We've got um, actually let's finish finish this beer. Well, we've both almost finished. We, we have final thoughts on the, the the Gypsy Hill Simcoe Parallel. Again, so easy to drink. The dryness at the end really lends itself for me. I love the dryness at the end. Um, I'm probably still veering towards the summer wine. Brewery, beer, don't know if there was something which just really ticked everything. But again, a tall boy sing fairly much, right, they used the beer and hop, but for, for your flavours, your big flavours, single hop series at 3.6%. Because I think when Gypsy Hill started, wasn't that their, um, their ethos anyway? They wanted to make session strength beers. Yeah, and I think if you look in the fridges here, even the other beers that they've got from from them here, I don't think they tipped the five percent. I think so I'm sure that one of the first London brewers market I went to at Spitalfields, I spoke to them, and that's what they were talking about. That's they wanted to create beers which were good, but you could drink more than one. And there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. No, is is there? Because you know, like I say, in the summer, 
ideally you want to be able to, if, if it's a nice warm day, you've got friends around, you're having a barbecue, you're sitting in the garden, you, you don't want to be on your ass, but before the barbecue's even been lit, do you? No, no one wants to be on their ass before <laughs> the barbecue's lit. That's just wrong. Yeah. No one wants to do that. And because you, hey, you miss out on all the meat, that's just ridiculous. Who wants to miss out on the meat? Well, you, you miss out on the best part, of the, the, the essence of the barbecue. <laughs> yeah, the, the actual barbecue bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, this is, you know, I probably had my eyes a little bit more open than you, but I'm starting to see that there's some really good beers out there. I mean, these last two beers I haven't had before, and I haven't had that iteration of the table beer. So these are new. Unlike the one you're popping open now. Yes, which is a beer that I have long wanted to feature on the show, and now it's available in bottles. You found a way to do it. Finally found a way to do it. So this is um, beholden (laughs) the the marvel that is... The oft-mentioned... Track Sonoma. Which comes in at three point eight percent, and is is a beer that I have many times cited as probably being the best beer in the UK at this ABV. And you have, um, and I have said that it's not far off being one of the best ones as well for me. And you know, we've mentioned it before, doing it on cask and keg when we were up at Manchester last year. Yeah, and. I think even I said I thought the cake version was just that had a little bit of an edge on the cast, which was a big surprise to me. I have to admit, but yeah, did the um, Owl House have this on at some point? Um, they had it on on cask, yeah. Mm. I think I missed out on it then. Which no, it was pre-bottle share. Oh, was it one of the bottle share nights? Yeah. Right. Cheers. Cheers. Yep. <laughs> It's not, not very much <laughs> what you can say about that, really, is there? It's, I think it's really good of them to name a beer after Mark Johnson's cat, though. Uh, yeah, very. It's like it's almost in honour. Yeah, yeah, in honour of Mark Johnson. I mean, that's just full of citrus. Again, it, but it's different it's, to the last two beers, isn't it? It's light. It's juicy. It's very light. There's hardly any bitterness on the finish. No, the bitterness, and especially if we were going on bitterness levels. I'll say this is the lowest so far out of the three with uh, the fr- previous yeah. three. So out of four, this is the lowest, but it's not detracting from anything. No, it's just bags of flavour. Yeah. Now I, you know, I think we would both probably agree. So we'd probably try to have had these bottles a little bit sooner to when you bought them. Um, but then, I mean, they've still got three months on them. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting because the, the, we've got two different dates here as well. Oh, so, have we? Yeah. So you're drinking. Um, one June. that's June and I'm drinking one that's actually the beginning of March oh so you've slightly gone out of date yeah um, but no, sorry not you personally for anyone who's listening I wasn't being <laughs> rude to Steve no and I think that's purely because the, the beer that I've got I we, we bought for a show previously um, that has ended up getting pushed back and moved around and we've ended up featuring it when we've featured it I think so, your one's a bit darker a bit Maybe a little bit, yeah. I mean, obviously they're different batches, yeah, as as well. But I've I've got to say, even having a beer that's um, probably at the end of its life, it's not detracting from any of the flavour in it. That's that's still the Sonoma that that you come to I, expect. That love. I come to expect. Yeah, absolutely, it's incredible. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm massively happy to see these in bottles. Um, it'd be very dangerous to track somebody started putting Sonoma in cans and they ended up at Eminis. Uh, but <laughs> Can you imagine. Well, I am. That's that's I am. You can tell I already am. But I mean, yours has got some great carbonation on it as well. Still, 
Yeah, I mean, it's just that's just full of life, yeah. isn't it? Um, okay, so while we're enjoying this, let's, let's just go over um, a, a final couple of comments. So, um, from Grandad Greg at Greg1954, um, he simply said, I'd go with need to reassess my purchasing decisions because I pretty much need to do more of the same in, in, in terms of buying some lower ABV beers rather than just going for the big stuff. Um, we then had Carl Gunner at Kale Gunner. Um, there's plenty out there, well, according to you and Martin. The problem is if you don't live in a major city or towns where the breweries are located, you don't get them in local pubs. Yeah, great point. And yeah, and I think that is something, and I think you can probably relate to that. Absolutely. Um, you can read all about these great beers, but your local pub ain't going to have anything we've had tonight. Uh, absolutely not, no. That ain't going to happen. Um, the closest I'm going to get to anything like this not even from any of these breweries is, is spoons in, in my local town yes and, and seeing what their offering is yeah because they may well say have uh, Oakham Citron yeah as an example um, so and, and where Carl lives which is sort of a few miles more north of me getting up just over to the Suffolk border and stuff and yes he's got access to you know a couple of Adams pubs and the Adams shop but outside of that then it's going to be quite hard to find those really good flavoursome beers because I think being in Suffolk you then start to come into that Green King issue as well so yeah I think it's a really good point well made they are out there but can you get hold of them yeah absolutely if you're out you know you could do an online order and you could have all of these ones couldn't they easily yeah you know you do the right online order from the right place you can get a great selection of sub beers but if you don't want to do that and you're talking about beers you're having when you're out then that's probably where you may be finding that Although, you know, what Rach said and what Matt said and what I agree with, if you've got tied pubs and you rock up and they've got Doom and IPA, then yeah, they're session. Probably not one to be one session. Exactly. And, and then the final comment this week, and just, just going, before I read this out, let's, let's just go back to the original question that we asked, because you need to ask the question to get the answer here. So, so the question was, are there enough good session beers around, or is it just about the big ABV now? And, and taking this week's award for the tweet that everybody else wishes that they had tweeted first is, is Mark Johnson, at Mark N. Johnson. If I go out and buy six types of mild cheddar when I really fancy mature, then it isn't the shop or the cheese producer's fault. The choice was there. There are plenty of session beers. There are plenty of strong beers too. Buy better. <laughs> I think that, to a certain extent, sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah. The beers are there, and, and we've demonstrated that, you know, we're lucky enough to be recorded in a bottle shop, so we actually had the choice of going through the fridges tonight and saying, right, which beers... I which think the beers, beers the beers are there in the off-trade, and the beers are there online. I think it's harder sometimes to get good quality session beers in your pub. Completely agree. Completely agree with that. But I still loved Mark's comment about buying six types of mild cheddar. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, because at the time, I think I, think I commented on Twitter about this. Pete McCary had done a, if you had to lose beer or cheese. Yeah, yeah, which, which, one, which one would you live without? And then you scan it, and Mark's, Mark's then tweeted about beer and cheese. Yeah, and I'm like, Mark, I think you've replied to the, uh, the, the wrong poll. But yeah, I think, I think that sums it up perfectly um, in terms of, you know, we might say, oh, there are no big ABV beers there. And, and, and I've, I've been there 
a few times recently where I've opened my fridge and I've just I've almost sighed because I've looked at the beers and I'm like where's where's the sessionable beer I, and I have got loads of lovely beers in both cupboard and fridge and I have done that recently as well because you know we had, we had a potential issue with um, you know there was a few logistical problems which may have arisen this for this recording session so we were coming up with some backup plans and I said I ain't got any session I've got no what I would clock in this you know sub, we're still in sub 4% territory here I haven't got that I had 0.5% beers and I had plus <laughs> there, there was nothing yeah and I mean you know I I place uh, my monthly beer order with Beer Central and that it's down to me what goes in, in yeah, the yeah. box and that box normally arrives and generally it's full of six percent plus beers and then i'm found stood in front of the fridge going well i've got nothing sessionable i think for me it's because i know that when i do go to the pub i'm always looking for the sessionable beers so i'm always thinking for beers at home i'll have the opposite but there are still times at home when you want a sessionable beer well i i i love a beer when i'm cooking I, i love to just be able to be swigging at a beer while i'm cooking now, I don't want one of my big beers while, while I'm cooking. I don't want to be necking a no. 8% beer while I'm, while I'm making dinner. You want a beer you enjoy, but you don't really think about. Yeah, that I can just stand there and drink out of the can or out of the bottle or, or, or whatever. And I don't really, I'm not thinking about, I'm not thinking about, oh, do I need to take a picture about this? What am I going to say on Untapped about this? It's, it's a cooking beer. That's, that's, that's its purpose. Yeah. It, it helps me enjoy the cooking more because I'm having a beer at, at, at the same time. So, yeah, I think, I, I think you know, yes, buy better. You, you know, if you've got the selection there and you've got the option to buy from the range, then also include in your order a number of session beers. Yeah, and generally, although, you know, as, as has been said in our comments we've received and from what we've heard from Brisbane before, there is an art and a skill and a lot of work to get good quality session beers, they'll still generally be cheaper because of the ABV. So, you know, your beer central order, which generally, you know, I see your, your tweets, which ones you're getting, yes, sub 5% doesn't really exist in the beer central order that you place. No. You throw a couple of these in, your beer, your beer outlay probably goes down. It does, and, and I have now actually asked Sean if I can have a monthly standing order of four cans of Dancing Bear in, in my order as, as well because I'm enjoying that beer so much and it's so easily drinkable that I want to know that I've always got one of those in the fridge. Yes, four cans isn't going to last me a, a month, but at least I know I've got that as a fallback. Yeah, I mean, for me, I would say one of the perfect um, fallback session beers in the, in the fridge would be something like the Pony Club. Yeah, and I still think that's a fantastic beer. And if all else fails, you can go to any supermarket and buy that now. You can buy a four pack for like six quid. Yeah. Um, and I don't think you can go too far wrong myself with Dead Pony Club. I think it's got bags of flavour. Absolutely. Very easy to drink. And I've had it enough times where, again, yeah, I don't have to worry about taking a picture. I still worry about tapping it in. You know, for anyone who's worried there for a moment, I'll still be tapping it in. But. I don't, I don't have to think about it it's easy to drink you know it's, it's definitely say for Clayton it's one of the beers he will take out dog walking dog walking yeah. beer because he knows what it's like he knows what to expect it's what 3.8% yeah and it's consistent yeah as well it's probably you know next to Jackhammer probably the beer that they, kept, they are really consistent with because Punk does have its moments doesn't it but it, it does Dead Pony Club really Dead Pony Club Jackhammer Green Cans 
What more can you say? I can't say any more than beer in a green can is 90% of the time perfect. 95% of the time perfect. Um, okay, loads of great comments this week. Just really, again, always want to thank people for um, making the effort and taking the time to actually reply to, to, to the polls as well. Um, and I do just want to reiterate once more that actually, because um, we had a lot of new people commenting, particularly on this poll as well, um, we're not ignoring you by not replying to these tweets. It's just if I get into replying to the tweets as they're coming through, we don't have any content. Yeah, and you know, also there are, I mean, I will, so the Beer O'Clock Show will not make any comments and I rarely do myself, but because we don't want to spoil what the comment was in the first place, what we're gonna say, yeah. that sort of spontaneity about it. Um, because sometimes it's quite nice to just say it as you see it as well. And I, I quite like doing that. So yeah, but we love it when both established listeners and people who are fans of the show, as well as new listeners, start getting involved on Twitter. Absolutely. I always find it a bit of a thrill when I see a new name come up with a comment. It's great, yeah. And, and we, we're getting a lot more of that as, yeah. as, as, as well. Sonoma, we have both pretty much drained Well, I have finished mine and I've opened our, our closing out drink already. So. Um, it's what I expect from Sonoma now. It's just it's just consistently good. Yeah. Um, love that they've got it in the bottles. Um, again, Sonoma was the one I knew what to expect. And table beer, to a certain extent, slightly different. The two cans, Summer Wine and uh, Gypsy Hill, were both fantastic. I am still thinking, for me, before because the last beer is a little bit different, are you, is Sonoma still your one? It is, but it's being pushed by that summer wine. Yeah. Beer. Really is, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, Sonoma is fantastic. I suppose the difference is we've both experienced, we've now experienced Sonoma across three dispense. Yes. Methods. Whereas the, the Pico Diego, we've done it just from the can. So for us, there's also that love that we know that if we go and get a cask, good, great. Tap, good, great. Bottle, good, great. Ticks all the boxes again. The Pico Diego is really pushing it, though. It is. It is really pushing it. And I think, I think maybe where it, where it might edge it slightly is, is on that bitterness. Yeah. At the end, it had that cutting bit of finish that I really enjoyed. Yeah. That's maybe dialed down a little bit in the Sonoma, but, you know, I mean, the Sonoma is... It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, we it's, went, we went in ABV, right. didn't we? Yeah. I mean, we, we didn't really know what the bitterness was going to be like on a few of the beers anyway. If you were going on bitterness, you probably would have gone Sonoma first, I would argue, because uh, there was a bitterness through the kernel. I'm probably the Gypsy Hill first, because I found that the softest of all the beers. I thought it was softest, but I thought it was still quite dry at the end. Sonoma doesn't have dryness or bitterness at the end, mm. but it does have it sort of while you're drinking it, and then sort of stops but doesn't sort of stop making me think, mm, where's that one? Yeah. It's, it's really, that's a really fine balance, but yeah, so you, I, you could have gone, if you're doing bitterness, you could have gone Sonoma, Table Beer, Simcoe, the P Pico Diego's, but four beers within 1% of each other. Yeah, that that's the thing that's incredible, is that, that, that they sit within that same it's 1% between yeah. those four beers. And 
all really good. I mean, and, and none of them are lacking flavour, body. Yeah, we had a bottle each of the Colonel Toby, we had a bottle each of the Sonoma, and we've shared the two tall boys for Gypsy Hill and Pico Diego. I'm feeling all right. Yeah, I'm feeling fine. So, what was the what did I crack open then, Steve? So, this was the last beer, and we've mentioned this a couple of times that we we were struggling to think of or find a stout or a porter under four percent. Certainly from the selection we had here, but neither of us could could come. Couldn't really wrap my brain to one either. And, and then we noticed in the fridge, just hiding in the corner, um, this little black can. Um, it's, don't worry, it's not Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got, we're finishing with a Guinness. Yeah, um, but so, so this is, um, it's from Adnams, and this is their Blackshaw Stout, and it's 4.2%. I have to say though, actually having just said about Guinness, that the can is, is black and beige. Yeah, it's got... <laughs> it's... Although the typeface is obviously very much not Guinness. I feel like they're trolling Guinness. <laughs> the colours are very Guinness. Uh, a little bit here. So yeah, so it's a 4.2% stout from, from Adams. Yeah. Have you yeah. had the Blackshaw stout before? I have. Um, I think I've had it maybe on keg before. I'm not sure. Do they do it on cask? I've, de- I've definitely had it on tap before. It's got quite a fruity nose to it, hasn't it? It's got a fruity nose. Flavour-wise, I'm sort of getting... Hints of licorice with that coffee. There is, there's. It's almost like a blackjack. It's just like there's just hints of everything. Mm. There's no dominant flavour. There's a hint of licorice, there's a hint of coffee, there's a hint of chocolate. No massive roasted flavours mm. coming through on that. Really balanced, soft finish to it. Arguably, it's got the finished mouthfeel. Yeah. I, and I don't mean, I, I, I don't I, mean, I don't, I don't yeah. mean that to its detriment. I mean that, you know, in comparison to the lighter beers we've had, both in ABV and colour, this looks like the thickest beer we've had, but mouthfeel-wise, no. Again, though, in in terms of keeping with the theme of the show of sessionable beers, this is light enough to be able to... Oh, I've done Possibly uh, session this. Out near where Michelle's uh, brother and sister-in-law live. When they, you know, they live a few miles out from Southwold, and um, which you know is arguably quite handy. Um, one of their pubs that we used to go to, I think I was having an evening where I had some mosaic, then I went on to this, and I think I did three or four pints of it. And plenty easy to do you that. Could, you could and I, I think on tap it felt a little bit thicker as well, yeah, than out of the can. And I think you find that with some dark beers in the cans, you know, again, comparing it to Guinness, a little bit unfairly. But Guinness in the can is a lot thinner than Guinness out of nitro, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm getting a little bit of bitterness starting to come through on that now. And, and maybe that's just a case of my palate adjusting. Yeah, from, from, going from, from the from bit, very well, light. From the, from the very soft Sonoma, yeah. which had very little, I think. But yeah, the flavours, nothing's coming and punching you in the face. But yeah, I'm getting little bits of the dark chocolate, little bits of just a hint of that licorice. And I don't think there's any licorice in it, but it's just that underlying flavour I'm getting sort of at the back, yeah. of the back of it very drinkable though incredible but that was the only one we could find that was the only one we could find but we'd, we'd love to hear if, if anybody knows of a sub 4% style yeah. good, good. That, I mean, you know, that we should I'm be sure trying yeah. not, name, name ones we should try not, not something from a local brewery in a 500ml bottle necessarily yeah. something that's fairly widely available that we, we might be able to, to pick up 
Um, just a couple of things to, to just mention before we finish up this week then. So, um, first of all, we're grateful to, to Licorice for, for hosting us tonight and we've also bought most of the beers from Licorice tonight as well. But there was a moment last night before recording where there was a, a massive gas leak in Chenfield <laughs> and the entire area was, was, was evacuated and we didn't know whether we'd be able to record tonight. And we reached out to um, Paul at Tubu in Colchester um, to see if he'd be able to help us out, particularly in terms of supplying beers. And he was more than willing to um, go to his shop on a day that he's not normally open, meet one of us and let us select some beers from the yeah, street. So, so I just want to give a massive shout out to, to Paul for that. Um, we're really grateful for him being so amenable in, in trying to help us help us out in our, in our moment of, of need. Um, and also, uh, just want to say, uh, get well soon to Carl at the Bearded One, who's who's currently recovering in, in, in hospital. Yeah, I think he's still in hospital, but yeah, yeah. so, you know, so he had some accident last week, um, but you know, yeah, get well soon, Carl, you've got a wedding this year. Hmm. Get yourself sorted, man. Speedy recovery. Yes. Yes. And I'm sure that everyone else who uh, knows you or knows of you will wish you the same as well. Absolutely. Um... Next week, mate. Come on, you can do this. This, uh, this week. one I do because, know because you've set up the next show. This one I do know because you know I was working hard at the weekend. You know, um, I, I forced myself and uh, my son, who cheekily put on Facebook standard Saturday behaviour when we turned up at the Victoria Inn. Um, we're basically doing a pub themed episode uh, where we are going to talk about the pub. Being in a pub, drinking in a pub, what's good about a pub, what's not good about a pub. Um, but we're also uh, sharing this with Andy, who you will remember from the Sparkler episode. Um, Richard, his bar manager, who also got the chance to say about three words, thanks to Andy on the Sparkler <laughs> episode. Um, but also um, Andy's other half, Sheena, who has been a landlady previous to her Victoria in life as well, will be joining us. So um, hopefully we can have some really good conversations with them about what about life in the pub. Um, done a lot. Of, I did a lot of work on Saturday about that. that yeah. That's why I had to have a second half of the hand-fisted double IPA. <laughs> As always, if you want to get involved in any part of the show, um, use the hashtag opinions, ask questions, get involved in the poll. Um, who knows? You could end up with your own segment if you get involved. Exactly. Enough. If you ask enough questions, just, enough just, just like just like Paul has done. Um, just a, another reminder as well. Obviously, the last two episodes we, we've mentioned this, but particularly in re- relation to the last episode where we featured the the beer boards once watch. Um, box for this year that's still available on beerbods.co.uk and if you use the code beerclock 18 you can get 10% off of that box and enjoy those 12 beers at your leisure rather than as we did squeezed into an hour and a half <laughs> between, drink, 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 between drink. four of us which, which was a lot of fun um, but as always this has been I mean this has been great going through yeah. the lower end of the spectrum yeah because it? we tend to we do do beer some big beers and we've actually purposely set out to do some big beers sometimes don't we I've enjoyed all of these and I would repeat buy all of these I would absolutely my favourite if I take Sonoma out because I knew exactly what I was expecting from Sonoma on my new beers that's Summer Wine Brewery I think I'm with you on that actually and as, as, as I said earlier I think it may be just edges Sonoma on the bitterness yeah, on the bitterness it does as well, as well. Um, you know Sonoma came a bit earlier for me I've had it on like I said dispense, various dispense methods but having read uh, Mark's recent post about his visit to uh, 
Summer Wine Brewery, which isn't that far from, uh, I think it was Huddersfield, because he went there on match yeah. day, didn't he? As a pre-match day thing. Wouldn't mind rocking up there and trying a few of their beers as well, because uh, we've tried a few of them recently. And, yeah. Enjoyed them all. Enjoyed yeah. them all. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, well, until next time, mate. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.